Hey there, welcome to episode number 24. This is the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast. And in this episode, we are getting leadership advice by talking with Dennis Walenta of TPI Hospitality. He's a senior vice president of Hotel Hospitality. He's going to talk about his career and his journey, his top challenges and successes, how he prepares for tough conversations, who's influenced him in his career, and development tools that have helped him the most. And we also go into detail around magic motivation tools, feed forward, and triad coaching calls. And that's something I discussed in detail in episode number 23 uh, on uh, pricelessprofessional.com slash magic. about feed forward. You're going to find out why this tool matters and tips on how to do it well. And you'll do this. We'll do the same with the triad calls. So let's get started. It's going to be good. It's a fun interview. Can't wait for you to hear it. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Hey there, welcome. My name is Susie Price, and I am with Priceless Professional Development. I'm a professional facilitator, consultant, coach, and author. And the focus in my business for the past 13 years is to build energy, commitment, and communication in organizations. And our focus today is, as I mentioned in the preview, an interview with uh, the Senior Vice President of Hotel Operations for TPI Hospitality. His name is Dennis Walenta. I have had the honor of working with TPI Hospitality since the fall of 2014. They are an awesome company with awesome people. And let me just tell you a little bit about them as a company. And then I'm going to give you a little bit of insight around Dennis and his uh, background. And then we'll go straight into the interview. So TPI Hospitality develops, builds, and manages hotels, restaurants, and conference centers throughout the Twin Cities, metro area, greater Minnesota, and Naples, Florida. TPI Hospitality aligns itself with nationally recognized hotel and restaurant franchise companies like Hilton Hotels, Marriott Ott Hotels, Intercontinental, Best Western, Perkins Restaurants, and Green Mill. By developing hotels, restaurants, and conference centers in close proximity to each other, our teams collaborate, creating dynamic working relationships and opportunities for career advancement. They are wonderful organization. They are very people-centered. They're 100% employee-owned. They have 44,000 square feet of flexible meeting space, 3,000 hotel rooms, 2,000 employee owners, 23 different brands, nine restaurants, five hotels under construction, and an unstoppable team. So now let me tell you a little bit about Dennis Walenta. Again, his title is Senior Vice President of Hotel Operations, and you can see his picture in our show notes, pricelessprofessional.com slash Dennis. And it's Dennis, and I'll just read his bio from his website because it's very personable. It's a little more than just, you know, here's the years I spent doing this, that. Dennis can always be counted on for a great life lesson, such as a reason becomes an excuse when it stops you from solving a problem. He's a hands-on leader. Dennis enjoys helping people grow to meet their greatest potential. He says the best way to do that is to be honest and straightforward with his feedback and observations so people can truly understand the areas of growth and begin to make improvements in them. 
If you are not honest and straightforward, you will not be able to lead in an authentic way and your results will suffer. Isn't that true? Uh, and he, he works at that all the time in regard to honest and straightforward feedback. I see that in his, you'll hear it in the interview as well. He's a proud dad to three beautiful daughters and the husband of one beautiful wife. Both him and his wife grew up on a farm, different farms, of course. So he loves that they share the same values and understand the importance of appreciating what you have. He enjoys spending time on many of Minnesota's 10,000 lakes with his family and breaking out the RV for family road trips. Dennis, Dennis's favorite core value is honest and straightforward, saying that practicing this core value is critical for anyone in a leadership role. So his experience with TPI Hospitality, he's been with TPI since 1990. He's now the Senior Vice President of Hotel Operations. Prior to that, he was a General Manager for a Hampton Inn and for a Holiday Inn. He was the Director of Sales prior to that and an Assistant General Manager uh, starting out in 1990. So let's get to the interview with Dennis. He's a great guy. And uh, let's just get to all the good information that he shares now. All right, Dennis, welcome to the call. I'm so glad you're here. How are you today? Good, thanks. Good to uh, talk to you too, Susie. Uh, it's a great day here in Minnesota, loving life and weather, so um, and excited to uh, chat with you today. Great. Are you having any nice weather there? It's uh, May the 3rd, 2016. What's it like? Beautiful. Uh, we just got some sunshine here and uh, got the... Uh, the toys in the lake already, and so we're ready for summer. Oh, good. Have you been on the lake yet? Just uh, just a couple times, but that's about nothing playing yet. Just uh, just uh, cruising around and enjoying it is all. Just warming up. When I was there in March, it was snowing when I was leaving my hotel at <laughs> 4 o'clock right. in the morning to get back to Atlanta. So, yes, it uh, was. You're getting yeah. your warm weather. We are. Yeah, we're getting our uh, we're getting our six days of good weather here this summer, so that's good. Oh, you get more than six days. Uh, it doesn't feel like it sometimes. Yeah, it goes fast. It's beautiful up there, and they have great people like yourself there, and I appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule to do this podcast today. Uh, I want to share your perspective on uh, Feed Forward and the triad calls and how you use them so that other people can learn from that. And I also want to share your background and your experiences because we all learn from each other. So just yeah. appreciate you taking time to do this. And I, I thought we'd kick it off with a fluffy question. Um, I gave you a list of options to pick from, and, and you liked what's your favorite possession. So let's kick it off with that, and then we'll go into more about your role as a leader and our topic around feed forward and triad calls. But So tell us, Dennis, what's your favorite possession? You know, I, I struggled with this one, um, but I think uh, the one I would choose is my old yellow pontoon. It's, uh, it's, a, it's an old 1978 yellow sylvan. I don't even know. It's got a 50-horse motor on the back, but that's probably older than I am, too. And uh, <laughs> it's like, gosh, you know, just a great, uh, great little putzer. And my wife and I just cruise around the lake in the evenings when I get home. Uh, any chance we get, we'll just uh, hop out there. And the nice part is, is because it's not the speedboat and we're not tubing and skiing and playing, the kids never want to go with. So <laughs> just that, it's that, just that one-on-one time. We just get to putz around the lake and and enjoy beautiful nature and just uh, have a quiet, relaxing ride. And and uh, and we're away from the kids for a while too. So that's nice. 
That works. That works. Yeah. So, and it's nice that it's not really fast because I know that you zip around all over Minnesota <laughs> exactly. during the day. So it's like, okay, I really cannot go fast. Here that's right. We that's... are in chill mode, even if I wanted to go fast. Yeah. So that's neat. Did you have that growing up or something? Then the fact that it's uh, 1978, or did you buy no. it used? Or no, it was. Uh, I was <laughs> looking for something really cheap. And uh, and I found it, and so that was it. It was just that's uh, it. Yeah. It was just uh, one of those uh, cheap little guilty pleasures that uh, uh, would be the last thing I'd want to get rid of, I guess. As far as all the lake toys I've got, that one that one will stay around longer than anything else. It serves many purposes. Helps yes, you tear down and gives you and your your bride quiet time. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Kids going on the pontoon. You want to go? No, That's Dad. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, if we see the boat, then they're all piling in. So it's like, no. Yeah, let's it. go. Let's go. Oh, that's great. great. I love that. We've got to have things, you know, I'm big into the tune-in time. So, you know, taking time every day to, I call it tune-in time or TNT to mm-hmm. be quiet or reflect or, you know, that we get so busy that if we don't do that, we forget what direction we're going. And so that sounds like some tune-in time for you and your wife. Yeah, it's very great. nice. Very smart and fun. Yes. So now yeah. let's get into a little bit uh, more meaty questions, and let's talk a little bit about you as a leader. I've already shared your background uh, with the, uh, the, our listeners, but talk a little bit about a challenging moment as a leader. Uh, what happened? What is it? What are those challenging moments, if there are several, and just uh, take us there? You know, <clears throat> as I think about that, <clears throat> um, there's, there's probably not a specific time that stands out, but there's situations, um, you know, like if I find myself in a situation where I'm working with a leader and what I'm working with is something that could have been avoided had I done my job better, then I get frustrated. And so that's, that's a challenge for me because I realize we're, we're probably dealing with something that's a result of my, um, lack of vision and foresight. And um, so those are the situations that challenge me. Um, And the longer I work with other people, the more I realize those situations happen more and more often than I want. And um, so you learn, you grow, you move forward. But uh, those are the, those are the challenging parts is just realizing that, um, you know, I had a, I had a hand in why we're here and, um, and that, and that, that's kind of a a challenge and a frustration and and uh you know motivator for me to stop doing that and start getting better so when you say that is it things when you say things you didn't do is it uh direction or is it correction or uh what would you say what are some things that you say gosh I, I, sometimes i notice i've missed this yeah. So I'm thinking other people are listening and they're saying, uh, they're curious. So I'm yeah. curious because other people might be saying, oh, yeah, I've, I've run into that too. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I think, you know, if I were in a situation where, I, say like a correction situation, and I realize, you know, I, I'm correcting something here that I've long identified and I didn't address it. Uh, at the right time, in the right way, to create the right result. And so now I'm back here again, you know, and, and um, so those types of things where, where you, you're, you're working with that situation and it's like, oh my goodness, 
you know, why, why didn't I do this better? Why didn't I, you know, the, and typically what I'm going to find is, is that I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I didn't take the straightest path from point A to point B. And, um, and, and so in my meandering to try to lead them to the right solution, um, I got off course myself and took them off course with me. And, ah, um, and okay. that's a, and that's, that's where I, when I find that it's, it's a personal frustration for me because yeah. I realize I'm suffering through this. They are suffering through this and neither one of us would have had to have been here had I identified, wait, I didn't take the straightest path from A to B. And yeah. had I, we, we likely could have avoided this. Yeah, and I, I, when you, in your bio, you talk about TPI itself has core values, and, mm-hmm. you're, and then you're asked what your favorite core value is, and it's honest and straightforward. So, yeah. uh, And I've heard you be honest and straightforward, but it sounds like you're calling yourself to an even higher standard, and, and your organization calls you to it as well, the, the being honest and straightforward in the moment. And you are creating that culture there at TPI, but it almost sounds like it's, it's that piece of the puzzle. Like, yeah. I wish I had said more sooner or been more direct. And yep. um, I think a lot of leaders can relate to that. I've gotten a lot of comments about the accountability series I did because, uh, and I did it because so many people struggle with having those honest and straightforward conversations. They're not easy. No, and you know, the <laughs> reward though, the the reward after the honest and straightforward conversation is so great that the potential pain and suffering of doing the uh, honest and straightforward feedback session is so minimal. And, um, and so it, it, when you look at it in comparison, yeah, this could be an uncomfortable conversation. However, the results are going to far outweigh any discomfort. And right. The, but and no matter how many times you, you, you have those successes and you, and you feel that, you know, that feeling of, yeah, this was worth it. It's, you still hit that clutch and, you know, kind of slow yourself down before you have that honest and straightforward feedback session that that person really needs but doesn't know it. And, right. um, and so those are, the, those are those moments that, as a leader, when you sit there and realize, ah, dang, I could have avoided this. Three months ago, six months ago, eight months ago, when I didn't do this, you know that's the that's the part. The goal is to make sure that the longer you move through the process, fewer times you have to say that. I don't think you can get to zero, but you can certainly just go for less times that you're facing that frustration or challenge. And what I like about what you're sharing is just, and I, it's what I've always admired about you, Dennis, is how you take so seriously your role as a leader, and you always own your part. You're never, and maybe you over-own it sometimes, but it's better than not owning it. You know, so yeah. you're never pointing the finger and saying it's their fault. You're saying, okay, what part did I play in it, and now what can I do about that? And you're willing to take action, and you continually keep getting better and better and better at that action. What what do you do 
um, to prepare for those uncomfortable situations. Just run through a little list of things that you do um, that have helped you actually have those conversations. Can you think of some things? Yeah, you know, um, uh, someone I worked with many, many years ago would uh, actually uh, role play with me. And, um, and that process of role play really taught me to just self role play. So I really try to, um, I really try to sit in the seat of the receiver and think about how are they going to process this information? What are they going to hear me say? What, what words can I use that are going to resonate with them the most? And then, um, and then, Prepare for the pushback, you know, because if you're going to deliver some, you know, if, if you're working with someone who is strong in leadership, they're there for a reason. You know, they've got opinions, they've got uh, direction, they've got goals, they're moving towards something, um, they're not wandering around. And so you're about to give them a course correction or you're going to share with them something they haven't seen before there's a good chance they're not just going to go, oh, thanks. Yeah, I never saw that before. Oh, thanks. Yeah, you know? okay, yeah. I'm with you. Right. It's never that so easy, right? Never, yeah, typically it isn't. Yeah. And so I prepare for that. What's going to be there? Yeah, but. Or what's going to be there? Well, what, what's going to be their roadblock? What's going to be the wall that they're going to throw out first that I'm going to have to work through with them? And so as I process through the conversation, I think about those yeah buts. What am I going to, what's going to be their yeah buts? And then when I think I've got all of them on the table, then I work through that in a systematic way so that I'm prepared for an answer for that. And uh, most times I hit it. Most times I, I can pretty much see where the yeah buts are going to be. Um, Every now and then I do get a zinger there. I'm like, oh, well, that's a good one. I never thought of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's but a good typically, one. <laughs> typically, what we are going to reach for, because, you know, I've been in those meetings where, you know, my boss has shared things with me where I'm like, yeah, but, and, um, and, you know, because that's human nature is to, you know, defend where we're at and try to explain to people why, you know, it's not necessarily all us. And so, um, I've been in those conversations and I, and I, I know that, that feeling and typically the common thread that it's going to come through is no matter what, yeah, but you throw at me, there's one or two, uh, origins of that. Um, maybe it's a, they're a victim of something, you know, they don't realize it, but they're just, they're being a victim of something or, um, they're, uh, they're being short sighted in something. And, um, and so if you can, once you, once you throw all the yabots out and you realize they're falling into one of two pools, if they throw a yabot out that you weren't ready for, it's still going to probably hit one of those two pools or, you know, common themes that you can go back to and go, well, you can think that, however, you know, that's really not taking ownership of your situation and you're becoming a victim of that, you know, or, or whatever, you know, so, so so it just that that preparation is really the kind of the key thing, and then and then to remember what's the bottom line of this conversation. You know, the bottom line of this conversation is for both of us to leave it in a better place. And if I'm going into the conversation with a strong trust relationship with the person I'm working with, 
there's a really high, high likelihood I'm going to leave it with an even stronger trust relationship with that person. And so, um, so that, that, that just kind of helps me as I, as I prepare for that, uh, those, you know, more challenging, honest and straightforward conversations. And what I always appreciate is you're willing to put in the work. You spend yeah. time thinking it out, crafting it out. You and I have dialogued about different things just to help you get clear. And you just you don't quit until you're clear. And you get right to what's the bottom line. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I'm always it, – it, and it's exactly what you're talking about is – what is the root? What is the problem? And, and it takes some thought to get to that because mm-hmm. there's a lot of behaviors and things happening. But what what is the if you can get to that and then have examples um, and share those and then just ask for feedback. What do you think? Do you see this? Then right. it does become a dialogue and a conversation, which is what you're preparing for. You're making sure you're ready with yeah. real situations or real statements of, of, you know, what the bottom line is. But then you also have conversations. Yes. Um, and that's important. And not yeah, to go huge. in. Some some people go in thinking, okay, we're here for a battle, and I'm right. going to dominate you until you get it. Um, yep. And that that doesn't always happen in one conversation. That, and you don't ever want to be the part that's trying to dominate. But it just you want to make sure you're clear and that you're open to the dialogue. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, a guy I work with. You know him, uh, Mitch Peterson. Um, I don't know who originated this comment but <laughs> Mitch reminds me of it often and um, his comment is, is um, uh, seek first to understand then be understood yep. and, um, and so if you take that time to have the dialogue people feel understood and then they can begin to accept and understand you know and so yeah you're right it, it, there is a process you, know, you don't just you don't just jump into a, a challenging, difficult conversation without having some preparation um, if you want a favorable outcome for everybody. Yep. And the seek first to understand is from uh, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And yep. that's the one that you remember the most, or I think I hear people repeat the most, yeah. because it is such a key piece of you know every leader needs to work towards that, you know, try to understand, because not only do you want them to understand your perspective, you want to understand theirs. Yeah. doesn't mean that you're going to move off the problem, but if you understand why they're struggling with the problem, then you might could help in a different way than you thought. You know, so if you go in with the mindset that you're talking about, let's have a conversation, it's different than, okay, I'm going to dominate you until you get it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, just wear you out until you finally (laughs) agree. Yeah. yeah, and uh, I understand why people get to that point because they're frustrated. It's you know, it's oftentimes like you said, sometimes it's gone on too long. You know, and you're just about ready to. Ah! I understand yep. why it gets there, and sometimes it is a make or break conversation. Um, but a lot of times, it's more of it's a conversation. And it's time to point out some behaviors, and that's the hardest thing to do is talking to people about their behaviors. Oh, that's yeah, good. because that they're sense. in their behaviors. Most times, their behaviors are being perceived in a way they're not uh, intending uh, for them to be received. And um, and so when you point that out to them, uh, th- there's disbelief, there's, you know, justification, there's yeah. all these things, but, it, but it's tough to hear. And so you, know, you got to be careful how you're going to address that because you can't lose them in the first sentence. 
You right. Know, so, but you also yep. can't lose them in the seventh hour of discussion. You know, yeah. and you have to get to the point, but you have to get there in a in a way that they can palate it. Yeah. Yeah. So I like your process you talked about. I want to sit in the seat of the receiver. I um, think about what they're going to hear from me, what I'm going to say. You prepare for the pushback and the yeah buts. You look for the uh, common themes and and get really clear about the bottom line. And then during the conversation, you're, you're two-way street, seek first to understand. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay, so let's go to most rewarding moment as a leader. What would you say? You know, um, I, I, and this happens um, probably more than I'm aware. But when I when I'm aware of it, it's it, I, it's just <clears throat> so fun. Is uh, if I'm working with uh, you know one of the people I work with, and and we're working on a concern, and they they bring a concern to me, um, and and we're talking about the concern, and you know it might be. A human relations situation. It might be a, a hotel-specific operation question, whatever it is, and we collaborate. And um, they they share what their concern is, and they share an idea. And and I give them an idea that may enhance what they had. And then together, um, we come up with what they feel like is a great outcome. And, um, it's just, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's a collaboration that together the two of us achieved a greater outcome than either one of us individually would have created. Um, those are the, those are the times when I just, uh, love those. I just, it's yeah. so fun because they, the, the, the person that I'm talking with and working with, has a greater confidence in themselves and their ability to solve problems. Um, I learned something from it that I can bring to one of the other people I work with. And, um, and the idea is better than either one of us would have come up with alone. And it, and it just, it's just total buy-in and it, it, those are fun. Those are the, those are the great rewards. Yeah. And it, 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 it mimics or is like a mentor-mentee relationship where you're both mm-hmm. in it together. Like you just said, I learned too. And uh, well, it is something I've seen you do uh, over the time that I've known you is you really tune into or work to anyway, tune into uh, what's going on with people. Like you want the details. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that you yeah. can probably get this reward, which is, hey, let's talk about it. Let's collaborate. Right. I'm not going to take it over. I want it to be your idea, but tell me what you're thinking. Because yep. you see across, I mean, how many properties are under your purview? Oh, goodness. Um, uh, I think it's maybe 15. 15. So, so that one property manager or GM sees it from that view, but you've got... 15, you know, that you might have another perspective that they hadn't thought about. So sounds like that's particularly fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great time. What is one thing most people don't know about you? <laughs> you know, do you have an answer for that one or do you? I, I, you know, I thought about that one. <laughs> I thought about that one. And, and, um, and the reason it's, the reason this is funny is because, and, and it may not be, Maybe people do know it. I, I don't think a lot of people do, but um, I was cast in leading roles throughout junior high and senior high um, in high school um, in our musicals. And um, what 
what I think probably people would be surprised by that is because I am a horrific singer. And uh, <laughs> so, so I always say it was either my great dance moves or my uh, incredible acting abilities that carried me. Uh, and I can assure you, it, it certainly wasn't my great dance moves. So, because um, I, I could dance about as well as I could sing. So, uh, so anyway, so I think people that, that know me pretty well realize he can't sing. How are you for musicals? <laughs> and, uh, and he was in a, a musical at school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so that's it was, fun. Yeah. So my daughters are constantly amazed that because uh, they hear me singing. And he was every in a play, and he sang. Yeah. Exactly. They're like, <laughs> yeah. man, I would have loved to see a, a recording of those. So. Uh, well, I could see you're very expressive. So I could see see you being on stage. I don't know about the singing part, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, the singing and dancing had a lot to uh, be desired. I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah. Somehow they yeah. made it work. So that's what high school's all about trying those things right. out. But you didn't continue on that career path. It does not sound like no. No, I realized no. that I realized that was not going to be uh, putting any food on the table for me. Yeah. So we did not pursue that one. Nope. Well, let's talk about your story as a leader and your journey as a leader. Mm-hmm. What's your story? Um, and I've talked a little bit about, you know, the different properties you worked on. We talked about your bio and how you got to the role of Senior VP of Hotel Operations. So you can share a little more about that or yeah. just your journey of how you got to this role. It was it was interesting because I, I thought about that question. I thought, you know, hmm, yeah, what was it? And I started, originally I started in college. And then I realized, well, no, because... I had leadership opportunities before that, and um, and so as I kind of went backwards, I realized um, I grew up on a farm in, in uh, uh, central Minnesota, So and it was a smaller family farm, and um, so we'd have our own, you know, field work and stuff to do, but uh, we knew all the other area farmers, and um, I got a call one summer from one of the area farmers, and he said, hey, do you think you'd could put together a crew and and uh, pull weeds for us, and that was we used to pull weeds way back when, uh, before they had uh, Roundup ready uh, crops. So uh, you, people would actually walk down the fields and pull weeds out of the soybean fields, and um, and uh, so anyway, so I would put together a crew, and um, and so for several summers um, we would uh, we would I would run a crew for. A couple of different farmers, and I'd have up to, gosh, I think at one time I had maybe 15 um, people, uh, three different crews, and um, and so we would we'd be able to wipe out a, quite a bit of acreage in a day, and so that was wow. that was kind of where I That's first a big started. Deal, high school yeah. where you're running a team, and I'm sure they were all older than you, and um, yeah, several of them were. I, back then, you know, we had <clears> I, they maybe still do, but we had farmers permits. So at uh, 15, you could drive. Oh, okay. Um, and so, yeah. so I was probably, I was 14 when I put together my first crew. The second year, I was 15, and so I put together a, a bigger crew. And I would go pick up some of the people that didn't have cars. And, and so, uh, but yeah, we would, yeah, so that was, so that's probably where I really started. And, yeah. Um, Did and you have then, any uh, inkling at that moment? It's like, oh, I kind of like leading this crew. Uh, no, actually, Nothing, I, I didn't really I, register. Which you know, is what needed only, to get done. Yeah, what motivated me was um, helping someone. You know, <laughs> farmers <laughs> asked me, and I was able to help them. And then, obviously, you know, the extra few cents an hour that I got over the rest of the guys on the crew. You know, I mean, and it was probably honestly, I don't even remember. It was maybe twenty-five cents an hour more. 
but uh but you know it was it was something and yeah. um, and so uh and I, I I wonder if even at the time um I I never really saw myself as the boss you know I mean I, because everybody kind of knew what they needed to do I was just kind of the coordinator you know uh-huh. I'd, I'd make sure that if I knew if I knew one of the gals or guys didn't pay attention very well. I'd make sure they got next to someone that did pay attention so that that person would look over into their rows and call them oh, out if they missed a week. Yep. You know, and so I would make sure people would be in the right place and I'd make sure we got to the right field and I'd make sure we got the field done at the right time so we could get to the next <laughs> farmer. And, you know, so it was more just kind of a coordinator, not a boss, so to speak. And, um, which I think probably made it really easy for me to be able to call people up and say, Hey, you know, you, you want to work next week and we got, you know, this much to do or whatever. And, um, yeah. So, um, well, what I hear through the lens of what we talk about all the time is, uh, you help people use their strengths and you help those people that use their strengths help other people cover their blind spots. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You know, you, Jim, go help Joe over there. Right. You know, which is, right. you know, great leaders are 80, that manage their teams based on strengths are 86% more effective, yeah. you know, than leaders yeah. who don't manage based on strengths. So early on, you're kind of intuitively doing that. Yeah. And, um, and so that's it, kind of where it started, um, you know, back in, you know, 14, 15 years old. And then I, um, started washing dishes in a small restaurant and, and then, uh, worked my way up to a server. Um, then I would train. Uh, other servers that started um, on, uh, <clears throat> no, because it was really on those in that hotel in that restaurant. Um, it was you know mostly high school kids that would that would yeah. be doing the serving, and so it, it, on Sunday mornings, anyways. And so, um, so yeah, so I'd start to train with them, and and um, then when I uh, got into college, uh, I uh, was. I think it was my first, after my first semester, um, I, they opened a new floor in uh, the dorm that I was in. And so I applied to be the resident advisor. And so I got that job. And then um, the senior RA, the resident advisor that oversaw all the RAs, um, left school. Um, I either graduated early or I don't remember what the situation was, but he left school. So by the time I ended my first year of college, I was the senior RA. Oh my goodness, that's a was, lot as a yeah, freshman. It, it was really nice though because then they had, you know, uh, uh, the next year they had a trained, you know, senior RA yeah. in the position, and um, it was easier for them to transition rather than, you know, put somebody else in it. And so, um, so anyway, so that was uh, so so that was kind of my my next sort of uh, uh, part of my leadership journey, and then um, and then right out of college. I moved down to Kansas uh, to take a job as a general manager of a Super 8 hotel in Hutchinson. And um, uh, I was working with a management company. I was so naive in the hotel business. I didn't even know what that meant. Didn't, yeah. even know what a, didn't know what a management company was. Didn't know anything about it. I'd never met the person that hired me in person until my first day of oh. work. Uh, my college uh, advisor knew him. And, and I just, I got the job based on my reputation with my college advisor. And, um, and so, uh, as management, as I learned, management companies 
just have a contract. They don't own the property. So uh, the owner of the property changed management companies, which then left me without a job. Um, and I was just in transition. I had just been there for almost two years, and I was just transitioning from being a single property manager to a regional manager. And, um, and so I was going to oversee eight super eights. And, um, and I'd been doing some of that. I'd been overseeing a few of them from the property I was at. And, right. um, and so then I was going to be officially moving to Minneapolis and, and then, uh, working with that region, you know, somewhat field-based in Kansas and somewhat field-based in Minneapolis. And, uh, but since we didn't have any contracts, uh, that left me with all... no more. Yeah, that was... <laughs> so then I, um, I was, uh, uh, I heard that there was an opportunity with TPI and, uh, and I thought, well, you know, they're local company. They, their headquarters is in Wilmer, Minnesota, and I grew up 30 minutes away from Wilmer, Minnesota. So I put my uh, resume in, and 26 years later, I'm here now with TPI. So yeah, a vibrant a, and growing entity. Yes, yes. All very. kinds of uh, possibilities, yes. many that have played out, and more to come, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes, absolutely. Great. What a what a neat history about the college and and prior to that on the farm, how that leads to uh, leadership. Yes. Yeah. It really has been. It, it just it, and you asking the question really kind of caused me to think about that. And it's like, gosh, yeah, there's been sort of a a culmination of things. So yeah, um, yeah it's uh, it, it interesting to think about as you go back. Yeah, we don't always stop and see the trail, but right. back there on the farm when you're putting the crews together was prepping you for now. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of what you do is is leadership, of course, but also mm-hmm. coordinating. So how's it going in your property? What do you need? Right. You know, are, is everything good? I mean, you're directing and leading, but they really need to run their property where you, you facilitate direction, I guess, right? Right, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And decision making, and you know, it's much more hands on, but it's such a preparation early on. Talk yeah. a little bit about your greatest influence. Who's had the greatest influence on you in your career? Uh, and and what did this person say, or has this person said, or done that that has caused him or her to be such an influence on you? You know, I would I would say that certainly over you know thirty years almost 30 years, I guess, in the hotel business, I've had an incredible amount of teachers. Um, some of the people I worked with were teachers in what not to do. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I, I learned right away, wow, that is yeah. not the way I'm going to conduct myself. Yeah, um, you never know more what to do when you watch what not to do. <laughs> exactly. And how they can be great teachers, people. not yeah. ones you love, but yeah. they do teach a lot. Exactly. And so, um, so I, so I had, I had some of those. Um, fortunately, um, the majority of my time has been with TPI, and um, there's not a lot of uh, poor leaders that really are allowed to stick around long. And so, right. I didn't have a lot of bad examples. Um, but I had a few and, and those were, and those were beneficial. Um, but I would say that there's the, the one person that I probably learned the most from would be T- 
Tom Torgerson, the CEO of TPI. Um, and for he, whom the company is named after, right? And, yes, Torgerson exactly. Properties. Yes. Is it Torgerson Properties Incorporated or International well, Proper Incorporated? It, probably. It right? used to be used to be Torgerson Properties Inc. Um, okay. But now it's just TPI Hospitality. It's just. So there's TPI. really no. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, there's really no Torgerson in it. Um, he wanted okay. to be very intentional to remove his name from the company, especially gotcha. as we transition to ESOP. You know, where yeah. we're employee owned. So, um, but. Uh, and I, as I think about it, um, I, I'm not sure. I, I, the best way I could describe Tom T is he is absolutely a master at delivering the most crystal clear message in the very fewest words to create the greatest impact. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I and and as I the longer I work with him, um, he's probably taught me more how to think than necessarily just giving me the whys or the hows. You know, and if if you ask if you ask Tom a question, you're going to get an answer. And you're and and it's and I really believe I could anyone in our company could ask Tom any question and he will give them an answer and it'll be a very honest answer and but as he answers that question if you're very perceptive you can understand how he's thinking and if you watch and if you watch and learn close enough you'll learn how to think not just receive the answer and I, i'm not mm-hmm. sure if i explain that well enough but there's an there's a there's a true art that he has in his thinking and um, how he thinks. And as he, he processes through and he, he asks you questions and, and you ask him questions, you can learn a lot just on how to think and what mm-hmm. to think and why to think, not just get the answer. And um, and that's what I think is just why I think he's had so much influence on me. Yeah, and I know you've talked about before. You you feel like he is always thinking ahead. Oh, he's yeah. thinking around the corner. You know, the next twenty steps or the next ten years. Or yeah, uh, and you always admire that. It sounds like. Yeah, he. You know, Tom is such a visionary, um, and I, I think I, I came to this conclusion probably in the last couple of years. But Tom will deliver a, a concern in a, a very passionate way. Um, and some of us, and I won't speak for everybody I work with, but some of us will hear that. And it's all to speak for me personally. He'll deliver a concern. Uh, you know, I'm concerned about this. And, um, and I'll look at his concern and I'll say, boy, I don't see that at all. And in the way... Tom will describe that concern is is you know this is a this is going to be a huge problem this is a ginormous problem and I'm looking at it like I don't even see that it's a problem. Mm-hmm. What I realized was that Tom is so far ahead of us down the road. He's such a visionary. He's so far down the road that he's already reacting to this potential problem in the. Uh, speed and efficiency 
that I would hope to be able to react to it once I actually see it's a problem. Yep, he forecasted uh, it and yeah. he's already reacting to it and exactly. starting the and wave so that you guys can start reacting to it. Exactly. Seems like and to me. Yeah. Yep. It, it's uh, my my uh, I bought a motorhome a couple years ago and it's a it's a large uh, motorhome and so my brother was teaching me how to drive it and and he said uh, you have to look way down the road. He said that's why these things sit up so high. It's a it's a big diesel pusher motor home and right and he said you got to look way down the road that's why these things sit up so high because as soon as you see a brake light come on you know two three hundred yards ahead of you you need to get off your gas pedal yeah. otherwise you're going to be in that problem and um and, and and that's what that's what i see tom is constantly doing is tom's looking way down that road mm-hmm. and he sees the brake light you know and he goes oh we better deal with this whereas if you drive it like you drive your car, you know, I'm not looking that far down the road. Well, first of all, yep. I can't because the the car's not that far off the ground, but but you're just not looking that far. So if you're just looking one or two cars ahead of you, you you're going to get in trouble. You know, and right. so you got to be down the road and that's that's what he is just he taught me or he has been teaching me. I, I yep. probably I probably one of his worst students because I still keep uh, <laughs> I still keep stumbling on that. But but you but know just, if you see something though it means you're headed towards it. I believe. Yeah. I mean if you see yeah. a skill or you see a strength in someone else, it's either something you're starting to own or you want to own, and that means you can own it. You know. Yep. Uh, so and you've got a role model for it. That's one of the key skills. You know, or key ways to gain a skill is to have a role model and say, okay, how are they doing that? You know, and right. awareness. So that's cool. Talk a little bit about education books or training programs that have been instrumental to you. Well, I, I kind of joke that, you know, the, the school of hard knocks is probably the the uh, school that I've probably uh, graduated from. And <laughs> I, I think I have a master's degree and I'm working on my honorary doctorate with the school. Yes, yes. It's just, it's just uh, you know, it's it's really the, the greatest, the greatest education I think I get is by making those mistakes, learning from them, and moving on. Yeah, and if the key you there is learning from them, right? You got to learn, and you know the. Yeah. But but the also I think equally with that is moving on because yeah, if you moving get paralyzed, on. Yeah. You know, you just you can't you can't get paralyzed by it. You know, you yeah. you, you learn from it because you, you, you can't if you're not learning from it, you're gonna you're destined to repeat it. But if you don't move on from it. You're destined to never get anywhere. You've right. got to keep going. And so, so anyway, so I, I joke that, you know, probably the school of hard knocks is, uh, yeah. and I could probably be a professor in that college. <laughs> and, but, you know, uh, to that point about moving on, too, it, it really is, you have to decide to move on. You have yeah. to just consciously decide. And there are folks sometimes who malinger and they keep going yeah. back to, well, you know, I know I did so and so and so. And you have to just decide, almost be absolute, because yep. um, your energy's where you last left it, you know. Yep. So and, <clears throat> unless you decide to leave it somewhere different, which is it, it, you, you keep going back to it. It's just human nature to get pulled to it. So it really right. takes a conscious choice. So I really like that, the learning and the fact that you pointed out the moving on piece. And I think you have to, you, you do have to give yourself um, a limit. You know, it's like, okay, what can I learn from this? And you can take whatever it is. Maybe it's a half a day, maybe it, whatever it is, but yeah. hopefully it's no more than that. Tomorrow morning, I'm moving on. 
You know, I'm going to learn what I can from this, and I'm moving on. You know, because look, you, look ahead, not, yeah, not in the rearview yeah. mirror, all lot. And the, a lot right. of times, people get caught up in that, and they keep, without being aware of it. And I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I try to continue to look forward and not, and help other people do that too, and not get caught up in looking back. You know, yeah. and because you, as soon as you do, it carries you right back there. That's right. That's right. Yep. And then you're yep. stuck. So you're stuck. That's the the definition of stuck. Yeah. Yep. I also get you know, I also get a, you know a lot of drive time with my job. You know I've got yep. uh, several properties spread out throughout the state, so I get a lot of time to drive. Um, audiobooks is a very um, yep. very amazing uh, resource, and so um, uh, so I, I get to listen to and study a lot of books. And um, you know a couple of the big books, you know a couple of ones I really really like is Five Levels of Leadership. Are yep. a great book. Um, Humilitas is a is a very good book. Um, yep. Crucial Conversations is another book that uh, yep, that's I just, great. I just yep. really that one is a, a a great great book. And then um, Good to Great, you know, is another really yep. good book that you know. So those those books and any really really any book that's gonna uh, really kind of challenge and and uh, uh, grow me in in learning and leadership. You know, those yeah. those those are the things that just kind of get my juices going. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. When you have all that drive time too, the Audible dot com is a great resource. Yes, yes, it's amazing. Or however you listen to books, you might do it a different way. That's yep. just one I'm familiar with and talk about here on the podcast. <laughs> okay, so. It's great to hear about your background and where you've come from and appreciate you sharing all that information. Let's get into talking about uh, Feed Forward. So what the heck is Feed Forward? Well, it's a future-focused way to get feedback for improvement. So we're focused on the future. It's about feedback, and it is about our own growth and development. It's a simple three-step process that focuses, again, I'm going to say this, on the future, where you ask others for improve ideas for improvement. You can just decide, hey, I'm going to ask for feedback about this behavior that I want to change. Or it could be part of a coaching process, which is how I use it. And I'll line that out to you, you know, what my coaching process is, in case you're curious, uh, how I use it, how it fits in. And I also have used it in workshops where you ask a group of people to, to demonstrate how easy it is to do feed forward, to give each other feedback in a very short period of time. And uh, it's interesting the ahas that people get and how invigorated people get in a workshop when they are doing the feed forward feedback process. So I mentioned that there are three steps in the process. The first step, if you were going to headline, it would be called pick one. So what that means is you're going to pick one behavior you most want to change and that you want to get feedback from others about to improve. The second step is to ask and listen. That would be the headline for the second step, ask and listen. So you ask a question. Once you've gotten clear on your behavior, the question could sound or look like something like this. Hey, I'm focused on doing a better job of, and it might be communicating, uh, accountability, leadership, listening, team building, whatever it is that you, it might be more specific than those big uh, uh, behavior changes, but whatever they are, you would list, list that one behavior. I'm focused on doing a better job of blank. Do you have any ideas or suggestions for me? 
It's that simple. It's a very simple question. It's a general question, so it leaves it open. And then your job, the first part was to ask for step number two. And the second part is to listen. And I say that in capital letters, listen. Listen to every suggestion. Don't correct the suggestions. Don't be defensive about the suggestions. You're there like a reporter or a journalist asking for input. And there's your job is to not provide any pushback, to clarify why you haven't done that, to tell how you already have tried that. Um, your goal is to listen and get as many ideas as you can. And what you do when you finish the conversation is, thank you, I appreciate this. And that's it. You say thank you. Ask, listen, and say thank you. And that is step two. Step three is follow-up. And the follow-up could vary based on how you're using the process of feed forward. But you always want to go back and look at your notes and think about and reflect upon what you heard and determine the top themes. Throw out the things that you don't think are applicable. Use the things that are and then figure out what are the themes and what are the things I can do around those themes in my own development. How can I use them to be more effective in this area? I've already given a definition for it, and there's a previous podcast that goes in more detail about the actual process, what it is. Um, but tell, talk to us a little bit about, because you've been, you've participated in the feed forward process through having some of the people that you work with uh, participate in the process. So you've been mm-hmm. observed it, and you and maybe even informally have had something like that for yourself. Yep. Talk about what do you think about you know, why does this process work? Because it does work. I've seen it yeah. over the years work uh, with many, many people. I've almost, I've never seen it not work, meaning they didn't get anything out of it. That's exactly um, it. So I always see people getting something out of it. Why, what, what happens with this? Because people are sometimes resistant to doing it, and they're wondering what the payoff is going to be. So let's just talk a little bit about why it works and what you, you know, think it is. Yeah, it, I think it works. Um, I, I, well, let, let me start by saying I think it works if you're truly interested in the feed forward process. Okay. So if what if if I'm truly interested in discovering a blind spot, and I go into it for the sole purpose of personal growth and development, and I'm determined to find the answer. The feed forward process will work. Um, and there's so many uh, unintended uh, byproducts, excellent byproducts that come from the feed forward process that I don't think we'd have enough time to talk about them all. But um, I, I know to a person, and I personally done it myself, I've personally engaged in the feed forward process, as you suggested, kind of informally, but and, and it works, and it's and it's awesome. But to a person that I've had uh, worked with who've done this feed for a process, to a person, they have said it's the best thing they have ever done, and um, it, it just it just uh, and I think it's the whole process that that creates it. It's the so I'll put it in personal terms. So I decide I need. I, I think I have a blind spot, and I need to identify that blind spot. So I, I talk to some people, and I get an idea of what this blind spot might be. Then 
I, I purposely find people that I believe will speak into my you know truth to me. I mean, people I work with, you know, they, right. they might be they might be people that report to me. They might be my boss. They might be you know uh, people that don't necessarily report to me, uh, but they my peers, um, you know. But uh, even maybe vendors, people that I work with uh, on a regular basis that I interact with but people that would know me well enough that I've built trust with that they know they can share with me and not get hurt by it. Um, as I develop this question, just the fact that I'm developing this question is a revelation to me to say, hey, yeah, there's something here. I need to find it. Um, so all, just, just, that, just that process alone and then actually communicating with these people, it, it, it's just, yeah, what you learn and how you learn it and what you hear and how you hear it is just so absolutely revolutionary. I mean, it's just, yep. it'll really, the, the information you get will absolutely uh, change how you go about your day, your life, your leadership how you approach your job if you've approached this process with the right mindset. Yeah. You have to be ready for it. Yep. It is a little tricky because you're opening yourself up, so you have to be ready to do that. Yep. And I think there's a timing thing with that. I think I love what you shared because it, it really is clarity to getting to the question. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm working on this. Can you give? Can you share your thoughts? Yeah. Um, and I think, and, you know, the insights that people share, like you said, help. And it's just the fact that you're having this conversation with people. It's, yeah. it, to me, it changes the culture, too. So it's like it's okay for us to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and once they, you know, and, and what, what you may find is... Um, as, as much as we'd all hate to think of it, but there are people that we work with that have varying levels of trust with us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it doesn't matter. It might be that I've worked with someone for five years and uh, they maybe trust me more than someone I've worked with for 10 years. Or I may have worked with someone for three months who might trust me more than someone I've worked with for five years. I mean, it, it, there's Very much one-to-one. It. It's not yeah. just uh, yeah, right. so, blanket. So, yep. The process that you go through also helps you determine what level of trust do I really have with this person. And this, this process, the feed forward process, can actually grow trust. If they're willing to share with me even a little bit and they realize it didn't hurt them, they didn't, there wasn't a negative uh, you know, reaction from me, there wasn't a, there wasn't a consequence, there wasn't accountability, there wasn't, yeah. I didn't. I didn't rub it in. I, the next time I saw him, I didn't, didn't debate it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't debate it. Exactly. <clears throat> All those things. And if I was careful not to make any promises to them, you know, you know, oh, I promise I'll, oh, thanks for telling me about that. I promise that'll never happen again. Well, yeah, it's going to happen again. So, you know, don't, don't make promises you can't keep. But if, if they realize I'm, I'm not making those promises that I can't keep and I'm not doing these things, I'll grow trust. Now, a month later, six weeks later, two weeks later, I can go back to them and ask for a little bit more. And I may get it because they realized, hey, that didn't hurt me. And in fact, it actually kind of helped me. And then, so the process not only grows me, but has great potential to grow trust and our ability to work together. You know, so it's just, like I said, that's just 
so many con- the, the byproducts of, yep. uh, of the process. What I always see, too, is people see us the way they've seen us. Mm-hmm. And until they know to look for something different, even if you're doing something different, they're going to keep seeing you the way mm-hmm. they've always seen you. That's and right. So it's it's just human nature. So you know, you know, he always does this. Well, if you go have a conversation with that person, say, "I'm working on not doing that anymore." Mm-hmm. Do you have any suggestions for me? And then, and and then you, you know, they now know are they are now on alert that you're working on this. Yeah. And from there, and if you are working on it, and you start doing making the changes, they can see the changes more readily. Yep. Because now they yep. they've been part of the process, so they're in the boat with you. That's right. Um, and so now you have a group of people supporting the process of changing behavior. Because if changing behavior was easy, yeah, people would change. I mean, think about it. you go to the, to the doctor and they give mm-hmm. you a health diagnosis that is if you don't stop doing this, this, and this, you're going to have a heart attack. How many people don't stop doing this, this, and this? Right. A lot. Eighty percent right. probably. Yeah, I don't know what right. the real number is. That's right. Because it's hard to change. <laughs> it's hard. Exactly. It is. It is. You know? Yeah, so this is a process. I love, you know, the, what you talked about about building trust and it gets people in the boat with you and particularly the people who work for you. Yes. Because they've all got a story about that thing you do. Yep. You know? Yep. That I, you know, we all, you know, and then it's like, okay, wait a minute, he's changing that story or she's changing that story. Yep. Or she's, or or he's aware of it, and aware of it. And that's a different. What, we have more patience with that. Yep, and yeah. And he cares what I think about it. Yeah. You know, and and it and so it creates a, you know, one thing I've I've noticed in <clears throat> working with guests in our hotels is that, and in human nature is this way, but yep. if if you ask someone to do you a favor, most people are more than happy to do so. Yeah. You know, if you, you just even think of think of your think of a neighbor you've had in your life that you'd never really particularly got along with. They maybe didn't, you know, they they didn't, you know, kill your, you know, favorite apple tree or mow over your favorite rose bush, but you just didn't really care about them. And they, you know, they kind of irritated you. Yeah. They walk over to your door some Saturday morning and knock on it and say, "Oh, Susie, so glad you're home. Could you do me a favor? Your your first reaction after you pick yourself up the floor because you realize, you know, wow, I can't believe this person is even asking me this, is going to be, sure. yeah, what do you need? Yeah, yeah. what can I help with? Yeah. And so when when you when you approach someone with, you know, can I ask you a favor? You know, or, or yeah, I, I really need your help. You don't need to say that. Can I ask you a favor? But just you know, I, I really need your help, and I'm wondering if can you tell me you about. Know, and feed yeah. forward. It's you know, can you give me some suggestions? I'm working on this. What do you think? People want to help. It's a favor. Yeah, people want to help, and so yeah. there's not a there's not a fear of helping, um, and and there's a desire to help. So it really yeah. feeds a whole lot of needs people have in the yeah. process. Yeah, and that's why it's called feed forward because it mm-hmm. is you've now identified the behavior. So we really we can get in a long conversation about uh, all the things I've done, you know. Mm-hmm. But or we can maybe have a short conversation about that if the person needs to vent. But ideally, you get on to okay. Now, what do I do? I've I've seen it. I want to work on it. Now, let's look forward. What do I yeah. do? 
Yeah. What do you think I ought to do? Well, here's what I'm thinking about. Do you think that'll work? Yep. Um, yeah. And it is how we change. I mean, it it takes focus, you know. So yeah. if you think about the fitness thing, I mean, we have apps that help us track our food. We have apps. That, and it's all about ingraining behavior so that we can take on the new habit. That's and right. Feed Forward is is kind of the same way. It's ingraining our thought process. So now we're taking ownership of something, and it's another way to make it stick, yep. to make the change. So... You talked about that people have to be truly interested in discovering the blind spot yes. um, before it's going to work. Other things that people you've seen people do or that you yourself has, have experienced that made the process work and then things that make the process or could hinder the process. Yeah, you know, there's, I'll tell you, there's a, a, one of the people I work with really put it just so well. Uh, we were talking about uh, them uh, starting this feed forward process. And we were talking about, you know, kind of the hows and the, and the approaches and the process. And, and probably the second time we talked about it, they made this comment and they said, you know, cause, because I was explaining, you, you're, you're going to have to verbally assure the people that you're asking to give you this feedback that it's, that it's a, that you appreciate it. That, that this is mm-hmm. going to be a, this is a good thing, you know, so you're going to have to verbally assure them of this and, you know, give them a lot of assurances that it's okay to tell me things that you wouldn't normally tell me, you know, it, this is going to be okay. And so that's a great point. I mean, verbally sharing that yeah. and not assuming that people know that, especially right. different styles, the more reserved style is going to hold back until they yeah, feel comfortable. They will. You better because make sure you make people comfortable, the high C and the high S. Yep. Yep. And so this person came back to me the second time we were talking about it, and they said to me, you know, it's not bullets. What they're going to tell me isn't going to kill me. This is a gift. And, and I was like, wow, that's a really good way to look at it. And so, so that's kind of my new line now. As I talk to people, I say, you know, look, just think of it you know, and help your people that you're asking for this feed forward. Think of it as these aren't bullets. These aren't going to hurt me. What you're going to yeah. tell me is only going to help me. It's, this is, these are not bullets. And, I love um, that. that I love and it that. really is. Because yeah. it's a great analogy. You know, it's a great analogy yeah. of, of this is for my best. And you're going to contribute to my best by being open and honest with me. And so even though, you might, even though it might sound harsh for you to say, yeah, you're really not very approachable because you're so crabby. You know, okay, that's a hard thing to tell your boss, but if they tell you, look, these aren't bullets, you're not going to hurt me, you know, please share openly with me, it gives them that confidence to realize, okay, I can do this, you know, and so, anyway, so that was the one thing that I really thought, um, you know, to really, if the person who's seeking the feed forward can give enough verbal assurances to the person they're seeking the feedback from or feed forward from, it, that's going to be huge. It's just going to be a great process. Um, w- one of the things I think that'll shut down the process is any type of explanation, justification, or debate. Yep. If at any time, on, if, on. If, yep. if you, you know, so if Susie, you gave me the feedback, you know, Dennis, uh, we come to work every morning and I, I see you and you're really grumpy. And, I, I don't like to approach you until about nine thirty, ten o'clock, because it's just you're so 
you look so angry and unapproachable and grumpy in the morning. If after you share that with me, my response should be, if the feed-forward process is going to work and if I'm really engaged in it, my answer should be to you, wow, Susie, thank you. That's really great feedback. I'm glad you shared that with me. Do you have anything else? Yep. But if I want to stop the process and ruin it, what I would do is I would say, well, you know, Susie, you get in at 8. I've been here since 6.30. I've been dealing with all the mistakes that the auditor made last night. Yep. The night the, the hostess is usually late, so I'm starting the breakfast in the morning too. So when you leisurely walk in here and fill up your coffee cup with the coffee that I made since I've been here. <laughs> that would totally shut it down. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to give me any more feedback. You're no, going to be like, okay, no. yeah. well, that's all I really got for you. you yeah, so, thanks. Glad so we had this combo. Yeah, so that's a good yeah. example of how you're going to shut yeah. down or hinder that process. You yeah. know, don't justify it. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't uh, make a promise on it. Don't, just thank them Listen, for take notes. Coming. You're there yeah. to Take it in. And, and here's the other thing that I always mention is it could be a short conversation. It doesn't have to be an hour no, long. Right. It could be 10 minutes. It could be yep. 15 minutes. I mean, when, yep. when they've given you all their feedback, that's when you go back and thank them one more time. Yep. yep. The way, I, the way I, I think it's best to end a feed forward, the, the, the best way I think to end it is you've given me so much incredible information. I am so thankful you took the time. Would yep. it be okay if I follow back up with you in maybe, you know, a week or two and just to see if, if, if I have any other clarification questions and could I ask the same of you, if you think of anything over the next few oh, days, would you yep. mind just <clears throat> coming back to me and asking me if, if we got a couple more minutes? Cause I, cause if there's anything you're thinking on the drive home tonight, Oh, I wish I would have said this. Would you please feel free to share that with me? Now, if I get that commitment from them, which, likely I will. Um, it just keeps that dialogue going. So this isn't open a conversation yep. with a period. It's, you know, it's going to continue. Yep. Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking about, I mean, over the years I've done many and I still do 360 feedback. I have a software system that, you know, runs those and that is a helpful process in the leadership development, in a, a leadership development program along with the assessments. And yeah. I still appreciate those and see the value in those. But what I love so much about Feed Forward is as I'm sit listening to you talk and kind of just contemplating what I've seen too, it's, it's, uh, it's a culture, it's a culture builder. Yeah. If you want to build a culture of honest and straightforward conversations, start having Feed Forward conversations. Right. You know, That's and, right. uh, it, and it, it just, now people, you know, uh, Gallup says, you know, one of the key things people want to know is do my, do my opinions count? Mm-hmm. You know, and we all have opinions, and you'd like you'd like to be able to share them and have them matter. And this is just such a key piece of that. Yep. Yeah. It it really is, and um, and it's a, and it truly is a gift. The person that shared with you has really put themselves out there and have taken time for you. You know, and yep. so to tr- show true appreciation for that is really very important. Yes, uh, it is. What, what they've done is is truly a gift, and um, and that again creates that culture, that building that culture that you talked about. What do you say to the leader who's sitting here right now thinking, no way in hell am I doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What would you say? What would you say? Because, you know, um, I, I hear that 
I hear that from in other organizations because your organization is has these core values very clearly stated and is already your ops team is working on always demonstrating this this honest and straightforward and living it so that it's with everybody so it helps in your organization a bit not yeah. saying it's any easier but it does help that that's part of your culture what about organizations where somebody's saying oh I'm not going to do that sounds interesting but what would yeah. you say well the, the, the there's two ways I'd approach it. If you're, if you're a leader yourself and you're looking to do this for yourself, um, you're probably going to do it. You know, if, if you're listening to this and you're saying, yeah, I could use this. This is great. You're going to do it because you you bought into it. If you buy into this and you're trying to work with someone that you work with, you know, you're trying to help one of the people on your team to grow in an area that, that they're stuck in. Yeah. Um, what, I, what I would give for advice on this is create a compelling why. Um, as you're talking with the person, so I'm, if I sit down with Jane and I'm going to uh, share with Jane an opportunity, a blind spot that I think Jane has, and Jane's not, maybe she's not buying it. She's not believing what I'm saying, or she's not believing it to the degree that I think she needs to see it and, and buy it. Creating that compelling why with Jane to say, you know, Jane, if, if you were to, do you think if you were to ask five or six people you work with about this, do you think they would hear, would you hear more of what I'm saying? Or would you hear more of what you're saying? You know, and, and Jane, Jane might then say, well, I, I don't know. Maybe I'd hear more of what you're saying, but I, I don't know. Well, m- yeah. maybe we should find out. Oh, I love that. That's a great approach. That's so, then you can, so why don't we do that, Jane? Why don't, why don't you ask? Now, see, instantly Jane's thinking, you're going to go out and ask all the people I work with this question. Mm-mm, no, how about you ask? Now, mm-hmm. that's why. Now, Jane better not go out tomorrow and do this. You know, Jane, you better make sure Jane's ready. And we have you know, one sheet and have, yeah. we have several conversations with people before they do yes. it. Yes, yeah. because they need to be in the right place. You know, and then, and then the process of, you know, and, and so like as, as, I work on, as I work on this and, and I'm talking about the speed forward process, I think about what's that question? You know, what's, what's the question that Jane would need to ask? And, and how is she going to ask it? And is she ready to ask it? You know, and so until she's really ready for the information, until if, if you sense Jane's doing it for you, don't let her do it. Um, but if Jane's really doing it for her, then help her through that process. Yes. And, I, and I think, so, so, um, it, it, so the advice is kind of split. If, if you're thinking about it for yourself, I know you'll do it. If you're thinking about helping your team with it, you might get a little bogged down thinking, oh, how would I ever do this? And how would, she'd never go for that. And this person would never do this. You know, one way to, one way to possibly start it would be is go first. Yep. You know, and, I and, actually was thinking, I mean, really, yeah. to, for the leader to demonstrate, hey, I've done this. And, and yep. there's never more empathy for the challenge and the gift yep. around um, a development process than having experienced it yourself. That's right. So not always, do, it doesn't always fall in that order, uh, but yep. ideally, if it could yes. have, you know, the leader start it, that you know, would the, be... Yeah. An old analogy I've I've used for years is, you know, the best time to plant an oak tree is a hundred years ago. Yep. 
the next best time is today. And so, you know, maybe with Jane, you know, she's right on your mind and you really want to deal with this now and you don't have a process in place for you to go first. And then, you know, you can work through that while you're working on your own people. If you can get her to do it. Yeah, exactly. um, Yeah, just benefit from it. Yep. And just a note, um, that I will have a copy of the feed forward process as a download, uh, attached to these show notes. So if mm-hmm. somebody wants to see what the process is in writing, it'll be there. Yeah. Okay. So lots of gifts from the feed forward process. I love what you shared. Uh, appreciate your enthusiasm around it and the way you prep your employees that are going through the process for the process. And, um, hopefully this will help other leaders get more comfortable with the process. Yeah, it's certainly the benefits are the benefits are absolutely amazing to a yeah. person. They're just absolutely amazing. Just the insight that happens and it, it accelerates that insight and yeah. uh, everything we talked about relationships. Uh, I'll close with around that part. Uh, I've heard somebody say how liberating the process was. Yeah, you know, I didn't absolutely. want to do it to begin with, and now it has been so liberating. Yep. It is a liberator. We're free. (laughs) Let's talk about the second magic motivation tool, and that is the triad call. What is that? We talked about feed forward. That's when you're asking others for feedback. The triad call is a little earlier in the process, if we're talking about my coaching process. And it is a three-way call with me, a manager, and an employee who's completed a Trimetrics assessment. So I have a copy of a Trimetrics assessment in the show notes if you're curious about what that looks like. So you can see what the coaching report looks like. It's, it's long, it's 70 pages. And the triad call is usually the second coaching call that I have with a person and it's between the three of us. And it takes about 60 minutes. It probably sometimes could take 90 minutes. It just depends on if we have time to do that. If we don't, we keep it to 60 and let the employee and manager follow up with the rest of the agenda. What happens is I give an agenda to the employee and the manager along with the coaching report prior to the call. So the employees being coached can prep for the call. into the triad call. Now, um, I've explained about what a triad call is, and it's using the trimetrics assessments. You could use it using other assessments if your company does not use trimetrics. It is the three-way call, and what I've noticed with you, Dennis, right off the bat when I have those calls, and I do them in different organizations and uh, with different people, and I uh, appreciated your approach. So talk a little bit about how you approach the triad call uh, to make it the most effective. Yeah. And then tell us a little bit about why you do them. Well, I, I, re- I do remember the first call you and I did, the first triad call, um, and I, I really believe you spent more time with me prepping for the call than I think the entire triad call took. So, <laughs> so I don't, we made sure you were ready, but exactly, you're so but, eager student. <laughs> yeah, or slow learner. I mean, one no, of the two. No, no, you wanted uh, to figure it out and get the most out of it. But it really was, um, the, there's just, there's so much information in the trimetrics assessment, and it's all so very, very valuable. The bottom line is, is there's, there's a one or two gold nuggets, maybe three gold nuggets in that assessment that you really can capitalize on. And so I go into that triad call mining for that. 
And mm-hmm. so and what I want to... something that's particularly relevant right now. Yes, there is. That points exactly. to something that you've been trying to say or you've been seeing that yep. you want to help them see, I think, right? That, that's exactly it. So I look for that. I look for that, hey, this is saying this, and I've been seeing something similar. So let's, let's put this into this triad call. Let's get this out there. And the way I kind of look at that triad call... And, um, you know, I don't know, maybe it's not the right exact way to say it, but I look at it as a, it's a, it's a free card. I've got Susie on the phone helping <laughs> my, my leader and I go through this, this assessment. And it's my opportunity to, to put the white elephant out there in a way that's safe and that we're able to honestly assess. So I can bring out information. If I'm ready and I've done my work, I can bring out some great growth opportunities in a really positive, non-threatening environment that now I get to go back to for weeks and months afterwards because it's, it's out there. It's identified yeah. and, and, we've, and we've discussed. So maybe... Maybe something I've thought was, boy, this person's stubborn. And certainly none of the people I work with are stubborn, but that's just a, just a terrible example. But let's just say I'm working with someone that's stubborn. And, um, and, and so in this process, we find out through reviewing the trimetrics and on this call that they can come across as closed-minded. And, um, and I can say, you know, I agree with that. Close-minded would be some things I see when, when we're talking about this, I can see you be very close-minded. In fact, it kind of looks like stubborn to me. Now it's out there. Now that person maybe has never heard me say, I think you can be stubborn. Uh, yep. Maybe they have heard me say, I think you can be stubborn, but they just think, well, you're wrong. So now, Susie, you get to take that assessment that has so much information, a lot of which I just can't quite process all. And you can say, well, you know, as according to these indicators, it does look like you could dig in on certain areas like this. And that leader that we're talking with goes, yeah, I do that. Yeah. And it's for a the little bit of an ownership time, thing because it's yeah. black and white. <laughs> yeah. And for the first time they can see, because, because this assessment also tells them all these wonderful things about them. And they believe all those. But then when the assessment tells them some opportunities, they're kind of skeptical about it. But, you know, if I'm going to buy the wonderful things, I've got to buy the opportunities. And so slowly but surely, they, they become a believer in the, in the assessment. Therefore, they can identify with this opportunity. Therefore, now for the next several months, I can call them out on it and say, hey, do you think you're maybe being a little stubborn about this? And they can go, oh, yeah, I guess I am. You know, and, and so because it's out there, we talked about it and we were able to understand. It also helps me, if I'm prepared well enough, it also helps me understand what may be causing that stubbornness. That stubbornness mm-hmm. may be coming from being threatened. So my approach might need to change. But if I'm not tuned yeah. into this process, I'm not going to learn, wait, I can't approach this person this way or I'm going to push them into that stubbornness. So I'm going to ask a question instead of make a statement. 
you know, and so adapting your style to their style. And that's that's you know, again, you're reflecting. Okay, what's my piece of this, and how can I? How can um, I own? It? Yeah. How, how can, can I make I it better? That piece. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah. So I think that's the that's you know, I'm going into the triad call with a, with with the ability to most of the most of the call that we have and we've done many of them together Susie it's very uplifting i mean the, the general manager that i'm working with or the person i'm working with is is absolutely you know they they're identifying strengths and i'm speaking into them and it's absolutely that's absolutely a strength of yours in fact i'd add this and this to that list also yeah you know, it helps a, you say those things more too. Yeah. It might be things you see, but they're listed on the assessment, and you go, "Oh, let me point out this." Yeah. So it, exactly. And it really is just as important to point out the strengths because oftentimes people take those for granted. You really and, have to. Uh, we really do. You know, I, it was interesting. I was with a company in Chicago um, in December and showed them the triad process, and they were like, "Ooh." Gosh, why would we do that? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't, you know. And I was trying to help. That that's part of why I like having this conversation with you because it it does sound like okay. I'm going to come to this call with my assessment, and my manager's going to be on there, and Susie's mm-hmm. there. And now we're going to go through it, and you know, people come prepared. But it yeah. does. If, if you haven't experienced it, people aren't sure how positive it is. And um, my experience is it, it's pretty positive. Yeah, uh, it is. It's know, a very, it's the, 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 there's, I can't think of any negatives that have ever happened or any, I shouldn't say negatives. I, I haven't seen any, yeah, anything that's been dis, uncomfortable or difficult in a triad call. Um, even when, even when we're, you know, maybe I'm trying to, 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 put light on a on something that they haven't seen before or we haven't, you know, really addressed, there's still not a negative overtone. It's always been a very positive experience for everybody involved. And um, because it, because of the way the calls are designed, the way you lead them, there's always good content that backs up maybe some of these areas that are needing to be you need some light on them, you know, the, yeah. the blind spot needs to be revealed. And, and so we it's all done have in a very spots, comfortable, you know, so yeah. it's, it's actually, if you go back to the word uh, earlier, it's liberating to kind of go, Oh yeah, I do kind of do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Cause if I know it, I can manage it. If I don't know, right. it, and, you know, everybody else sees it, but me. And we yeah. all kind of, we all kind of know our styles. We all kind of know our, yeah. our, our, our weaknesses or areas of opportunity. We all kind of know our strengths, but it sure is nice to have your, uh, someone who's an expert on this uh, assessment on a call with you, helping you and this person understand their assessment, how it affects them, what possible benefits and, and drawbacks this strength can be. And, um, and it, it just, there's so many, there's so many positives with it. It's just, it's a great, great process. If you put the time in, you'll be rewarded tenfold. Whatever investment you put into the prep, you're going to get tenfold out of it. And around the prep, what I see you doing is, one, you read the assessment. I send an agenda in advance. It seems like you're prepared every time around that. You've, you've mm-hmm. you know, looked at the assessment and prepared comments and things you want to point out. And then usually you and I have a short call yes. before 
to prepare and you say, here's some things that I'm focused on. If we don't get there, can you help point them out? I think, yep. what else would you say about prep? If somebody's saying, okay, how do I prepare? What else would you say you do? You know, I think, it? I think really um, the other piece that I think is important is making sure the GM understands the, the, or the person you're working with understands that this isn't a, um, this isn't a punishment. This isn't the, you're not in trouble. This is a, a growth opportunity and, yeah. and everybody has growth and everybody has opportunities. And this is so um, making sure that, that the, the person you're working with understands this is an investment in their yeah. growth, not a, not a disciplinary event or a, a punishment or a you're in trouble situation. Yeah. And I think our, what's beneficial is, is that our, our company is very much leader development driven. Yeah. And so, uh, but, but I will say we haven't always been, but I, I think so in early on, I think people could have looked at this as a, whoa, am I in trouble? Yeah, why now, are you doing this? Yeah, yeah now it's right. like, oh, I get to take the trimester. Bingo. Now it's the, uh, <laughs> oh, on nice. It. I'm, Everybody's I get to talking do this. about it. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. a little and easier. So I'm glad it, you said that about if somebody's in a company and they're thinking about doing this and they're not all using trimetrics to make sure they understand this is an investment in your This growth. is a huge investment. It's so important to them. And, and you know, the, the, the thing, too, is, and, and I think, I, I forget how you ask it, but right in the beginning of the call, um, you usually, you know, you, you identify what we're going to go through and talk about the why behind it. And then you say, uh, you know, Dennis, is there anything you'd like to add before we get going? Which is the perfect opportunity for me to say, and I want to just remind you once again, you know, yep. Jane, that we're talking about this because we see a lot of potential and a lot of, there's a lot of awesome things in here that we want to talk about and reinforce. And, and so you're not in trouble and this is a good thing. This isn't a bad thing. And, and, you know, and then, and then you usually chime in to say something along the lines of, yes, this is a, this is an investment in you and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we kind of get them at ease right out of the gate in the call. Yep. And, and that's, that's so important, you know, cause if they're, if they're, if they're calculating and filtering, then you're not really going to get a good outcome. I've never, yep. To my knowledge, we've never had a bad triad call. Everybody's no, come to the table. Have. They've yeah. all come to be super engaged and very excited about the process. So anything and everything you can do in advance to reduce resistance yeah. to the dialogue is helpful. Yep. And it, for every situation, you might have more you know, sensitive situations um, mm-hmm. that might require more than the kind of conversations you and I have had with folks. But um, yep. that's the reducing resistance and tension. You said it really well, so that they're not calculating. What was it, the word you said, calculating? And and I just don't want them to, I don't want them to be calculating and filtering what they're going to say. I just yeah, want them to be able go. to, you know, because sometimes they might think, well, if, if, I, if I say this, you know, I'm going to sound like I'm closed off to this process. But, yeah. but I, don't, I want them to say this because we can talk about that, you know. Yeah. But if we don't know about it, we can't talk about it. And so and that process starts really, for, for me, when, when we start the triad assessment, I talk about this step right away. So what, uh, okay, this so is when how, you're having a conversation saying, yeah. hey, I gave you an opportunity to go through this coaching yep. process, okay, you Jane, have it right away, too. Here's what's going to happen, yeah. Jane. This assessment is so mm-hmm. awesome. I took 
I took one. I'll be happy to share mine with you and, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And this is what you'll find. And this is what will happen next. And then you'll have a call with Susie. And then you and I will have a meeting or a call with Susie. And then da, 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 da. And I walk them right through the process. They know exactly what's coming, you know, and how it's going to look and what it's going to do. And, and it's just, uh, so it, it, it strips away that fear almost right from the very, very first moment of the process. Yep. Yep. Then we try to back it up with the emails. And yeah, yep. so all of those things are little things, but they add up to reducing the fear or resistance and helping people get more comfortable. The prep, you know, you had them having yep. an agenda and enough time to prep yeah. is helpful too. Yeah. And it is. And the way your, your agenda works and the way that the associate can, you know, the, the person that we're talking with can be ready for the call gives them confidence too. Yeah. You know, because yeah. there's not going to be something thrown at them that they're not ready for. You know, and, and so, so that's, that's cool. That, that, that whole yeah. process is really, it, someone should come through the trimetric assessment and triad call. If that's all you did, they yeah. should come through it and be measurably better than they were before you started the process. Oh, that's a good statement. People, uh, it's it's the science itself. So you know, mm-hmm. here here is information about me, and and really setting it up that way, people could be thinking. And I think most get there once they're realizing what they're going to get to share is, wow, I get to tell Dennis what motivates me, and I get to tell Dennis how to manage me, and I get to tell right. Dennis what my strengths are. And oh yeah, I got to talk about my my development opportunities too, but I'm okay with that. You know, right. so it's giving you language of things uh, for from the employee side um, or the person that had the assessment, giving them language to share things they've maybe thought about sharing, that there right. hasn't been a window to do that. Yes, exactly. It, and it, it's so it's, yeah. it's a, yeah, it's a great, like I said, there's, if, if you do nothing more than that, there will be measurable, uh, m- measurable improvement, measurable change um, yep. just with that part of the process. Yeah, that's awesome. You've been fun to work with around it, too, so I appreciate that. Well, okay, good. we're going to come to a close with our last couple of questions. And the first one is, if you could put one billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it be and what would it say? Yeah, you know, I gave that one some good thought. Um, and the best I could come up with is, when Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. Oh. And, uh, and I put it on a major interstate where it's exposed to absolutely the most people possible. And, um, and, it, and it's a twofold message. Um, the, certainly the, the message is, is, you know, Christians absolutely know what the, what the future is for Satan and how this all ends. So he can try whatever he wants with us on earth here. It's not going to be in his favor. But it also speaks to what we talked about earlier. Yep. You can't get you can't you can't wallow in the past. You can't dwell on the past mistakes. You you got to go forward. You got to keep moving forward. And um, you, you know, uh, if 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 you're not learning, you're dying. If it's just it's just that's all there is to it. And so, don't let a past mistake stop you. Keep moving forward. So it's kind of a yeah. double message. So I got yeah, the, I, like um, I got the, uh, I got the, uh, 
the the two in one message on that billboard, so I got the max for my buck on it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So it's your your personal beliefs and your professional beliefs all wrapped in one. Right there in one. It's perfect. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then when you hear the word successful, who's the first person that comes to mind and why? Yeah, you know, um, I, I I'll tell you, there's there's probably, um, and I might I might answer this question. It, in a in a little different way, um, so you know, bear with me on this one. But here's what I would say: there are so many things about uh, Tom Torgerson that are that absolutely epitomize successful, mm-hmm. and um, and so uh, I, I, in my opinion, I don't think the guy has ever suffered a loss. I think in, in, in there's there's um, um, there's a there's a opportunity, and he'll pursue it, and it may not end exactly the way he thought it would, but there's still going to be success there. It's not a failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I and I say this, I I don't think he makes mistakes, and. And I and what I what I mean by that is, when something doesn't go exactly as he planned or just like he wanted it, it doesn't slow him down. He doesn't get bogged down in that. He's just gonna just gonna keep moving, you know. And it, yeah. and, and and he's gonna have a, and he may not have a plan B in mind when he's creating plan A. In fact, he very likely doesn't. But he he just there's he doesn't go. I don't think he stops at the end of a day or a week and go hmm. Now, what mistakes did I make this week? Yep. You know, yep. he just he's just a, always a charge forward. So, so that aspect is just what I would say is so amazingly successful. But it I ties also to your think billboard. Of, yeah, Don't wallow exactly. In the past, continue to look That's at everything right. and say, just, "Huh, now what do I know?" And uh, right. yeah, let me use this as a bouncing off point to what's next. Yep. Like, and then yeah. I, and then I also think of because because success is really hard to define you know i, th- yeah. I think it, it means something different to you than to me than to yeah. anybody else but i i also look at uh someone else who i think is extremely successful and um and that would be mitch uh, my mm-hmm. boss and um and i look at in and how i measured that success is uh um he had a, uh, and is currently working with a, a real personal, um, difficult situation. Um, a situation that uh, it, it could cause many people to become uh, victims or to be uh, shut down or, or depressed or you know, whatever you might want to call it. Um, and the way he personally receive that, I guess I'd, I'll call it a diagnosis, and then moved through that process in such a resilient way, creating a wake of positivity behind him, creating a wake of, of, uh, of just, I think, probably good in that what would be a very difficult situation for others is is absolutely a pinnacle of success. 
where mm-hmm. you can you can be so assured of how your life is going to end that it doesn't matter what ends it. And that so so I so I'm so I'm kind of giving you two answers in one, but uh, so that would be kind of how I would measure those those what I would consider uh, successful. Those are two examples of what yeah. I would say. Are, wow, that's that would be cool. Yeah, isn't it great that you're with a company where two people that you see is very successful, or the two people you yeah. work for? Yeah, that's right. And have had the opportunity the company. for yeah, for 26 plus years I've had the opportunity to work with both of them and and what a great yeah, what a great honor and blessing that is. Yeah, I was just thinking what a blessing. Mm-hmm. Okay, last it's question, really... we're coming to a close. What All advice right. would you give your 25 to 30-year-old self um to prepare yourself for your future role uh as a SVP? What advice would you give? Well, you know, um I think, as I thought about that one, I would I would work to prepare myself to ask more of the right questions. So I'd probably tell myself to be more curious about why people are doing what they're doing, not just what they're doing. Ah, yeah. Um, so for a long time, and I think in all in all leaders' careers, they really do need to learn the what's. I mean, there's no doubt. I got to know how to operate a property or a hotel yeah. before I can yeah. help people do it. But at some point you got to transition from that what to the why. Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, the why becomes, I think, the key to sustained growth and to a higher level of thinking and absolutely is essential for a better long-term decision-making. You mm-hmm. have to understand yeah. the why. And I think leaders who can better understand that why um, behind what's going on um, can make a bigger impact for the people that they're working with, both short-term and long-term. Yep. Yep. And and if you understand the why, then you can share the why, because oftentimes we just exactly. say, here's what I want you to do, but we don't ever say why. <laughs> you right. know? Here's and why this matters. And they're sitting there thinking, why do you want me to do this? <laughs> yep. Know? And if I can understand why they're res- re- resistant to doing it, yep. then I can help them overcome that resistance. But if, if all I see is that they're just not doing it, well, then I'm not going to get there. Oh. So. Yep. I like what you said. The why helps you get to sustain. Is the key to sustain growth and a key to higher thinking. I think is how you said it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another the next level, I guess. Yeah, that's right. So, Dennis, thank you for a great interview. I appreciate yeah, you. you taking time to get on the landline so we could have good connections. You've had to stop from being on the road a bit yeah. and yeah. Uh, just have enjoyed working with you. And I appreciate all the insights you shared about your journey. Um, and uh, I know that'll be interesting to people. And I also know that the tips that you shared around Feed Forward and the triad call will also uh, help others who are considering doing that process get the most out of it. So, uh, oh, yeah. Good. Well, I hope so. Um, it's been a, obviously been a pleasure and uh, happy to help in whatever way I can. Great. Thanks. All right. Thank you, Susie. All right. Hope you enjoyed that interview, and I hope you could see how sincere and caring he is as a leader and how fun he is to work with. So he's a leader who's got a great balance between taking accountability for all situations and holding people accountable. 
To get the show notes from today's podcast, you can go to pricelessprofessional.com slash Dennis. And you can also check out episode number 23, pricelessprofessional.com slash magic, where we go into detail around the feed forward and triad call processes. To check out all of the episodes at the wakeupeagerworkforce.com podcast, go to wakeupeagerworkforce.com and you will be able to see all the different topics that we've covered there. Everything from accountability to how to manage your time to how to create great meetings to four skills for great bosses. Many important topics for building energy, commitment, and communication in your organization. So I hope you'll visit that. And don't forget that we have a free app You can download that app so you'll get episodes automatically. And while you're on iTunes downloading the app, you just type in wakeupeagerworkforce.com and the app will show up uh, on your phone. You can leave me a review. I'd love to hear what you're getting out of the podcast. And you can also contact me, pricelessprofessional.com, Susie, S-U-Z-I-E, and you can leave me a note or send me an email. So don't forget also that audible.com provides something for listeners of this podcast, you get a free download of a book that you get to keep, whether you keep audible.com or not, um, if you sign up for a 30-day trial of the system. And so you get your free book. I get credit as an affiliate if you use, um, if you access Audible by way of my website. So if you'd like to support this podcast and, and maybe get some of the books or a book that Dennis mentioned when he talked about his development um, resources, use my affiliate link by going to pricelessprofessional.com slash audible. So I want to thank Dennis and TPI Hospitality for being, uh, Dennis as being a great interviewer and a great person to work with and all the people at TPI Hospitality. The honor of working with them over the past year and a half has been awesome. And they're, they're a great company with great people. I want to tell you a little bit about the topics that we're working on for future podcasts. I don't know what order they'll play out, but I'm going to do some uh, work around high support and high challenge, which is an approach leaders can use where sometimes people are either all high support or they're all high challenge. What is it like to do both of those things, to give support and challenge people? So there's some processes around that. I'm going to share that. I've got something lined up uh, around mastering leadership and then also a discussion about relational presence. What is it? How do you do it? Why does it matter? And uh, so I'm looking forward to creating those podcasts for you. Get our app on your iPhone if you use the iPhone or go to our directory, wakeupeagerworkforce.com to keep in the loop on what's coming next. And thank you so much for being a podcast listener and being a colleague and um, please let me know if you have questions or comments and uh, look forward to catching you on the next podcast. All the best. This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 